You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. One of the biggest issues for physicians these days, considering electronic health records, is the cost. What if you could get an electronic medical record for free, or at least get a substantial discount? Is there a free lunch when it comes to electronic medical records? Welcome to the Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and here today to discuss this is Bruce Cleveland. Bruce Cleveland has been involved with healthcare technology for over 20 years, with the majority of his time focusing on technology for doctors' offices, specifically the electronic medical record and related products. Bruce is currently president of Cleveland Consulting, Inc., an independent consulting firm specializing in advisory services to technology vendors and provider organizations. Bruce, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Larry. Bruce, is there really such thing as a free EHR? Uh, Well, there are a number of programs out there that are offering uh, software at either a low or no cost basis, but like most things in life, there's typically a catch. Right. So there's no free lunch. I mean, well, there's free lunch from drug companies, but even that's not a free lunch because we have to sit and listen to them dribble on about their drugs. Can you tell me some of the programs that exist? Uh, Well, one of the more interesting ones is that the federal government is offering an EHR program called VISTA. I've heard of that one. This program actually is a legitimate software program. It was uh, developed and is currently being used by the Veteran Administration, and the acronym comes from Veteran Health Information System and Technology Architecture. The type of program is it's referred to as an open source program, which means that there's no charge for it. Wow. So no charge for the software. Correct. So my understanding is when you have a computer, you need some hardware. Right. And networks. Right. And servers. Right. And phone lines. Right. So with Vista, is it an ASP program? Is it internet-based? Is it something that you put in your office with your own server? It's, at this point, something that you put in your office with your own server. And essentially the way it works is you go to a, a website and you download the software. But as you correctly pointed out, Larry, you still have to buy hardware. You still have to buy, you have to set up a network and you still have to buy a server to connect it all together. Well, for a solo practitioner, it probably wouldn't be that big a deal if he's getting the software for free and he just walks around with a laptop. He may not need a server. Or he may need some backup, but he may not necessarily need a server. Well, that implies that he's simply going to use the uh, store all his charts on his own a laptop. If he were to do that, he could do that. But typically in EHR, a lot of people want to look at the chart. Right. So it might allow him to do that, but you would still have to maintain paper charts because other people want to look at them. Do you have any experience with Vista? Just indirectly. It's still fairly new. What's interesting is that while you get the software for free, you still have to go out and pay for services to support it. Mm-hmm. And with open source software, there's really no vendor. And so what, what the government's doing is they're certifying third parties, independent organizations, and they go through a training process so they become familiar uh, with Vista. And so that after you get this downloaded free uh, software, you can then contract with them to get the training implementation, all the things that are necessary to actually use it in a useful way. So it ain't free. It ain't free. And the doc needs a consultant to come in pretty much all the time, at least to get started. Just like when you buy, if you if you go and buy a commercial-grade uh, product, you're going to pay for the software and the, uh, you're going to pay a substantial sum for the services that allow you to utilize it. 
It's the same thing with Vista. You get the software for free, but you will have to pay a third-party organization for the services to really help you understand it and use it. Uh, What kind of money are we talking about? Leaving you out of the equation, another vendor coming in and teaching a three-doc group how to use Vista. What kind of money are they looking at just in consulting fees? What you would see typically in the industry are rates, you know, anywhere from $1,000 to $1,500 a day. You know, so those types of fees are, are very typical. And, you know, the, the types of services that are required by Vista really are no different than are required by a commercial-grade software. It just so happens that Vista, because it was developed by the federal government and is open source, there is no fee for it. When you talk about open source, I think of something like a Wikipedia, that it's constantly being changed by anyone who's on it. That's correct. So every few months, the program may change, and you need to be re-educated and retrained. Well, the way it works on that is a very good point. Number one, in order to make an alteration to Vista, you'd have to be a pretty savvy guy, and you'd have right. to be able to you know, manipulate the, the program, which is written in a fairly sophisticated language. However, the whole idea of open source, as you, as you point out, is that individuals can change it. And what's happening in that area is they've actually started this organization called World Vista that will consolidate the various different updates into one location so that you can go to that one location and uh, upgrade those that you're choosing, which I think part of the attraction of open source is that multiple people can collaborate and contribute to it. And they're attempting to make a way to get access to those upgrades should you so desire them. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and with me today is Bruce Cleveland of Cleveland Consulting, Inc. Bruce, what other programs are out there besides the VISTA program for either for free or something else? Well, I I think the most significant new program has been a change in the federal laws, specifically uh, one called the uh, Stark Self-Referral Law. Hate Stark. Yes, uh, that would allow hospitals to make technology donations to their affiliated physicians. So let me understand that. Uh, I'm on staff at a local hospital. That local hospital can, if they so choose to front load me with all the money to get me on their system, and then I'm kind of married to them. Typically, the front loading occurs in kind. It's through goods and services, not in actual cash. Right. So they will provide the hardware. They'll provide the software. They might even provide the training, and I send my patients to their hospital. That's a basic idea, except it would be only software and services, and they're not able to donate hardware in the Stark revision. And you're right. The idea would be that in exchange for giving you a theoretically a great deal on the software they have chosen for their affiliated physicians, the idea is that you are then going to refer patients to that facility. Which is exactly what Stark is meant to prevent. Uh, correct. And so you, <laughs> what you see here is the federal government is saying, you know what, we're willing to provide a relaxation uh, or an exception to Stark mm-hmm. because we want to encourage EHRs, and we're concerned that the smaller practice does not have the technical expertise to handle it uh, on their own, and therefore hospitals which have established IT staffs might be able to assist in this process. Everybody gets a break on Stark except the physician. The hospitals get a break on Stark. Lawyers have no problems getting uh, referral fees. 
United Healthcare can do whatever they want with their patients, and it's just the little guy who gets screwed by Stark. Forgive me. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's how I feel. Okay. I, that's, I'm sure that you're not alone, Larry. Bruce, besides being owned by the hospital, is there another catch with the free one? Yeah, there's a couple things that, that are, are worth considering here. Is Number one, the Stark exception allows a donation of up to 85%. A physician has to uh, pay uh, at least 15% of the, the cost of the EHR if they're going to. Uh, number two, there is no requirement whatsoever that the hospital provide any discount. Mm-hmm. Stark just says, if you want to make a donation, uh, you can. And uh, hospitals are, are in the process of deciding whether they want to do it or not. And I guess the third thing, you know, I would agree with you that the objective of uh, the reasons why hospitals would do this is to help closely more align themselves with physicians and improve referrals. It also offers a potential of lowering interface costs because theoretically, if the hospital owns their system and owns the EHR, connecting those two things together becomes uh, much easier. I also see it as a nice streamlining for admitting patients to the hospital. The hospital already has the demographics, has all the insurance information. It's We're doing the job for them, and the person can just go into a bed and, not, and skip through uh, admitting. I think it certainly opens up that kind of infrastructure where the exchange of information from the private practice in the hospital, you now have this electronic bridge that allows that uh, exchange to uh, happen in a more easier way. It seems like it's a win-win for the primary care practice or the specialist practice and the hospital. I mean, everybody's talking to each other. I know in large organizations this exists. So, I don't see a huge downside, again, if you decide you want to be married to this hospital. The only other downside, in general, I think it's a good thing for the smaller practice. I think there's two downsides. Number one, a hospital is not going to give you a choice of five different EHRs. They're going to give you the choice of the one they have selected. Right. And by definition, that's the way it has to be. Number two, most of these systems are going to be deployed on an application service provider or through the Internet, meaning you're going to log on to their server over the Internet, right. uh, which means you you lose a little bit of control sure. uh, in that regard. little loss of speed, perhaps? Um, perhaps. Uh, you know, probably not too bad. Okay. There are going to be local connections, and, and there are a variety of advantages of it. Well, you don't, have to, you don't have to keep your own server. Yeah. Again, you don't have to have your own IT department. Right. Uh, I like the ASP model. I, I see nothing against it. How do I find out if my hospital will do this? Do I just call them up and say, hey, you got that free EHR? <laughs> Something like that. I would, what I would do is I would recommend calling up specifically the IT department. And, you know, you can, you can talk to the chief information officer. You know, he's certainly going to know exactly what's going on and whether they're considering it, whether they have one now. And, you know, if they do, you can uh, evaluate it. You clearly want to look at if they are doing a look at uh, what they're offering, what the costs are. They will definitely be charging you things. You want to look at the contract uh, carefully to make sure that you, you know, what you're signing up for is what you expect. Bruce, moving away from free EHRs and mar- marriage to the local hospital, if you had $100,000 to spend on an EHR, I want you to go out on a limb and pick the top three that you like. The ones that I like for the smaller practice, there's three that I think that have done a pretty good job for smaller practices and for primary care. 
They are a company called uh, EMDs, which is out of Austin, Texas, uh, a company called eClinical Works, which is out of Boston, and a company called Practice Partner, which is out of Seattle. There is a, a another company that is an up-and-coming company that is, is also a very, very interesting company. That's Athena Healthcare. I'm not as familiar with them, um, but they have an interesting model as well. When you get into larger practices, there are a company like NextGen has done a, a very, very good job on providing systems. GE Healthcare also, uh, through their product called Centricity, uh, makes a very, very good product, and, and one for practice just a little bit even larger than that is a company called Allscripts. I'd like to thank our guest, Bruce Cleveland, for helping us understand if there is such thing as a free electronic medical record. I'm Dr. Larry Casco, and you've been listening to the Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening.